Hey, Billy. Hey, Jamie. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm currently in the Keys right now. Cool. Today we have a new guest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and yeah, it may, means I'm further away from you. So it's everything's going great. What are you doing in Key West? <laughs> in Quest? I'm not in Key West, but I'm uh, in Marathon oh, area. Just... But oh. uh, we're doing some spearfishing. Um, yeah, some diving. Some regular fishing. Yeah, that's about it. You got there today or when when did you get there? I just got there here today. And um, we brought the boat around. The conditions have been pretty terrible. So we're just kind of hanging today and waiting for tomorrow. Cool. Um, do you get anything done like over this week or are you just, just lazing, lazing around? You know, I actually finally got Aaron's lead done. Which you know because you've been mixing it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty much what I've been doing this week too. Is pretty much editing, getting ready for a little tour, and um, yeah, ma- mainly mixing Aaron's stuff. But uh, that's that's about it. Yeah. Tell us about that tour, man. Yeah. So a band called Thirteen Fridays reached out to me, um, and I think a couple other singers along the along the way. And um, basically just asked like, hey, our singer left or something of that nature. And I guess like the band is kind of like always shifting members. So he's like, yeah, it's all right. No big deal. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I would be freaking out, but it didn't seem to mind. So I've been um, rehearsing. Uh, they gave me their set. I've just been like, you know, going to a practice studio and rehearsing. They're doing like a long ass tour from... Canada, all around New England, then like New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. That's where I'm joining them originally. Then they have a couple of days off. I'm meeting them down in Richmond and then I'm playing a DC date with them. And then we're doing like North Carolina, South Carolina. And um, yeah, I might not be able to do the North Carolina dates, um, which kind of sucks, but um, yeah. And then uh, I'm going to try and meet up with them in July after a bachelor party for one of my friends. And uh, they're going to be in the Midwest. It's like the first three days of July. I'm going to try and they said like, that's like, I've never been out there. So I would love to go out there. But they also said that was probably like some of the best spots along the way of their last tour. Oh, really? So, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's I just I'm like just pumped to play. Honestly, that's all I really want to do is play. Yeah, Have you played since you played with us? last year no <laughs> no yeah. no i mean i went to a band practice like for some cover bands uh they were like just forming and it made it through one practice until it was like okay like no thank you you know everyone was kind of along that same route but it was like a cover band just like for fun kind of thing and i was like oh this will be fun to at least get out and play shows like do something you know right <laughs> but you know i'm really looking for to do original stuff i hear you on that you know, Billy, um, I can't believe we've been recording for, I don't know, like 10, five, 10 minutes at this point. And we haven't yet mentioned that this is our 10th episode. This is the end of our first little batch, our first like test run that we were calling season one. How crazy is that, man? Oh, man, it has just flown by. When you said this is episode 10, I'm like, wait, we're already here. And then we'll come back in July with some new new bands. Yeah. And a new co-host. 
<laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, I, I didn't did. know you were quitting. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Turned it right around on me. <laughs> cool, man. Um, so, yeah, this episode, our 10th episode. Woohoo! Woo. Insert sound like. Burr, 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 burr. Please do. Uh, we got Charles from Last Letters. Uh, it's a pop punk, like emo ish band, I believe from New York. And yeah, I mean, this band, I don't know if you've heard them. They are fucking awesome. I'm really pumped to talk to them. Yeah, this one uh, I checked out a little while ago and Sick. definitely pumped to get on there with them. Cool. All right. Should we do it? Yep. All right. So we're here with Charles Iwook from Last Letters. Hey, man. How's it going? Not so bad, man. How's everything? Good, good. Go ahead and just introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll uh, start asking some questions. I uh, am the singer, writer, guitarist, bassist, drummer for the band Last <laughs> Letters. <laughs> I do it all on my computer at home. It's pop punk emo music. I feel like most of the bands you talk with fits right in there. So, But yeah, that's it's a solo project I've been doing since like 2016. It's amazing. First of all, like your mu- your music is awesome. It sounds really, really good as well. And to me, like, you know, when I heard you the first time, I was like, holy shit, this is a solo artist too. As a solo artist, I was like, fuck, like this guy yeah. is like insanely good. Thank you, man. Way better than Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, thank you so much. I mean, I've played in other bands and I really loved all of that for the years. I was like, I had my own ideas and they weren't really coming through with other projects. So I was just like, I'm going to teach myself how to just do it all myself. And yeah, it's kind of what it came to. It's awesome. And how old are you? Uh, I'm turning 32 at the end of the month. Hey, cool, welcome man. to the club, man. Yeah, yeah. we're <laughs> around the same age. Look at that. Word. <laughs> cool. So I like to just start this off with some random questions. Yeah, it doesn't need to be rapid fire or anything. We'll uh, start with an easy one. <laughs> Uh, actually, no, let's start with a hard one. We always start with an easy one. What's your favorite album? Oh, geez. All-time favorite album. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's no answer. Uh, I don't know, man. I'd say AFI's Sing the Sorrow, for sure. That, okay. like, yeah. ever since that came out, like, that was one of those albums that, like, kind of took took it to the next level. And it was like, oh, you know, I liked AFI before, but it just was just, like, there's so much more going on with that album. And it, like, always revisited as freaking killer. I'd say any of the earlier Blink stuff is kind of always stuck with me. Enema, you know, was the one that really got mm. me into them and the the whole genre. It's like everyone's favorite album. Yeah. But like, you know, you give it credit, it still holds up. It's like such a strong album. And basically anything Jerry Finn produced back, you know, around that time was just just ahead of its time, really. Uh, so yeah, Enema. Green Day's Insomniac, that's something I, I you know, out of all their albums, I, I kind of always go back to that one. It's just so straightforward. Uh, I mm. love all their albums, but, you know, Insomniac saves the day. I mean, yeah. a couple of their earlier albums, even their, you know, In Reverie, which is their weirder album, I, I absolutely love. So, I don't know, those are kind of the ones that stand out the most. The Get Up Kids, Something to Write Home About is a fantastic album, front to back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This one's really difficult too. What is your ideal pizza? (laughs) Ideal pizza? (laughs) It's a red pizza. I'm not one of those people that's like, I need a white pizza. Uh, 
I'm normal um, ish. <laughs> it's just like it's a little too much sometimes. Um, I don't know, man. The freshest <laughs> of ingredients, you know. I, I'm not like a big chain person where I live. We actually don't have chains. So, and when I lived in New York, uh, in the city, I, there's just like so many options. So mm. something thin something red you know i do eat meat so something with like pepperoni just really classic i think it's not it doesn't need to have yeah. covered it with everything you know just something simple the dough's got to be good the cheese you know oh god simple you're you used to live in the city or long island i was living in uh brooklyn for uh almost four years just before the pandemic um, okay and uh i i miss i miss it every day it's awesome uh, i love where i live yeah. now but it's just uh I live in the Caribbean now. I live down in the Virgin Islands. So it's very... Oh, oh no. It's yeah, a little different. It's a little. Yeah. Slight change of pace. <laughs> yeah, I grew up down here. I moved here when I was 12. My parents had sold our house in Rhode Island where I grew up. And they bought a little shack down here. And for the last 20 years, I've been coming on and off on this island. And when the pandemic hit, I was like, it just makes sense not to re-sign a lease in Brooklyn right now. So I came down here and wow. some opportunities open and I, I just still can do the music here. Um, not, oh, yeah. you know, not play, but, um, but write and record and all that. So. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought you were still in New York. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in the next year or two, I might make the shift back there. I, I really do miss it. And it's such a great place to make connections. Like I was meeting tons of people that were like, super down with the same kind of music I was writing and never really playing shows though. You know, it's so hard to get a band together with everyone scheduling. And then it is kind of that, like, do I really want to drag these people into my music? You know, like I want them to have the, you know, creative, yeah. you know, direction for their music too. So it's just been so tough, but I, I kind of do want to get a band together at some point. I don't know. Yeah. I definitely understand that. Where are you guys from? I'm from New York, north of the city, near West Point in Cornwall, if you've ever heard of that. I've heard of it, yeah. Orange County. And then I moved to Florida, I don't know, it was like 2015 or 16 or something like that. And then now I'm in Washington, D.C., and Billy's in Florida. I'm in, I'm right by Cocoa Beach. It's a place called Melbourne, Florida. Nice. What side is that on? It is the East Coast, and it's like pretty dead center on the East Coast. I love Florida. Yeah, I'm actually in the Keys right now, so I'm like a stone throw away from you. Yeah, just a stone throw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we've asked this one yet. If you want a lifetime supply of something, what would it be and why? Oh, man. Guitar picks. No. Um, I don't know, man. It, uh, lifetime supply of... Oh, I, I mean, I love the whole recording side of music. It's got to be like all the plugins you know like I'm so, i used to be so addicted to buying new plugins and then i'm just like i gotta stop like well i don't need all these and they're all doing the same exact thing but i don't know like uh, uh an endless supply of drum samples those are sick <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> those are always fun to mess with so and now they're like there's so many companies and they all sound really good so i'm just like uh what do i pick i'm still with yeah. like um steven slate drums i use most of the time um but there's there's a lot of good ones i just don't feel like buying another one so just having an endless I supply uh, <laughs> i impulse about get good drums like that dry funk one and yeah. I mean, it was like 30 bucks at the time i was like i mean why not why not <laughs> it's 30 yeah. bucks like yeah, it's, it's awesome i, I love it <laughs> awesome it's uh it's just funky but yeah i'm uh steven slate and uh 
I have my own, and then I also have uh, a couple of the expansion packs of of Steven Slate too. Yeah. Uh, but m- mostly, honestly, it's it's uh, get good drums. Those are those are insane. killer. If you've yeah. haven't used them, check them. I out. I have right not, there. and like so I've, I've only heard good things. And I I'm one of those people that like <clears throat> I'll stay up late and I'll be on YouTube and I'm like listening to everyone's like. I don't know, like their video, you know, using it. And they're like, mm-hmm. they, you know, the way they mixed it. And I'm just like, geez, I should probably get these. I don't know. It's like, I'm happy with what I have, but yeah, too many yeah. Options. I mean, I it sounds honestly, what you have sounds great. Yeah. Lately they've been, um, I don't even know what's on the, the newer songs because I had my own mixes and then I, like the last few songs I've sent them out to get mixed. Mm-hmm. And the people I've sent to, I'm just like, oh, I really like that snare and that that EP you did. And so <clears throat> I would assume they used that same snare and I don't know where they got it from. You know, that kind of thing. So they actually aren't using my Steven Slay, I don't think. Wow. Um, yeah. So you play like everything. Uh, how did you start playing? How did you start playing everything? And then when did you start playing in bands and then eventually come to just do the solo project here? I started playing guitar when I was 10. My dad taught me how to play three chords and it was good riddance. So I, I, I played that a lot. And then he also showed me how to read like tablature, not actually how to read music, but to like, he bought me Enema of the State, you know, it's just numbers. So I learned all that. And it's all just bar chords, really. And then I, I played a lot of guitar. I was writing songs when I was like 10 as well. And they're just like absolutely horrible. But, um, you know, you gotta start somewhere. And, Right. So then you just, once you start learning the chord names and all that, then it started to be a little more like serious. And I was understanding how, how melodies work and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so throughout my teenage years, I would write songs and record them on like garage band. And I would play live with some buddies at school and we'd play like open mic nights. And that was when I was living here down in the, <clears throat> the Caribbean. And people didn't really get it, I guess, because we were just playing like covers of like, plus 44 and the cure and boxcar racer and just like mm. they're like what is this kind of music like what is this shit <laughs> <laughs> we still played and then when i was 18 i graduated high school and these kids from rhode island asked if i wanted to be in their band for the summer and they seemed like pretty established they had a lot of plays on myspace and and they had played a lot of shows and stuff and i think they were friends of friends and so i sent them a video of me playing the songs and they they were like hell yeah like come up here now we'll do this tour and it was just like a east coast tour and that was probably my my first tour and uh we had a blast and and we we're i stayed with them for a couple of years and then we all kind of parted ways then i played in this other band called the gulls which was a total so the last band i was just talking about it was pop punk band and we did we followed warp tour and all that and the other band the gulls is like a folk trio you know we played I played acoustic guitar it was me and two buddies and it was more like going in the like vampire weekend good old war direction mm-hmm. like we loved those bands at the time so we wanted to do the same thing and we did that for a few years and then everyone kind of moved yeah then i was like i'm i love doing the recording towards the end of the gull stuff i did like the ep that we did and, and i and i thought it was like i was getting better at production i used logic and i was like learning everything like youtube taught me everything about logic so yeah, then I started recording all these like random demos. I'm like, I think I actually have like a sound here. I like re-recorded things and then they kind of seem like they all fit into like one EP. So I put out the one and only Last Letters EP, which I had been sitting on for a few years. 
I was like, this is cool. Like, I want to know like, who's going to listen to this. And so I put it out there. I had no idea how to release music by myself, but I just, you know, you, you upload it and you tell your friends kind of thing. And, uh, that was cool for a bit, but like, I wasn't getting more than like a hundred monthly listeners. Cause I was like, it's literally just my friends. I'm asking my friends to listen to my music and you really just can't do that. Cause I mean, just shows that I don't have a lot of friends, but if you put your music in to the hands of people that like that genre, it's like, that's a whole different thing. I just didn't really put it together until I was releasing more music. And I'm like, how you know, how can I do this? So I started using like Facebook groups and Reddit, um, you know, YouTube, just all of the social medias. And I was, and obviously Instagram and putting it, people that like Blink and, and Green Day and, and bands that I, that I really like would probably like it. And then that's where I started to get a few more monthly listeners and, and plays. And I was like, that's how you do it. <laughs> like, you don't just tell your friends because they're not going to listen to it. You kill it. I mean, and your numbers and everything. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you gotta, you gotta spill the sauce a little bit. <laughs> it's, well, it's the last two years. I spent a lot of time emailing thousands of curators and people that mm-hmm. could help me in some way. So, like, either write about the song, do um, YouTube reaction video, or uh, you know, anything. You know, like people that don't have a ton of like subscribers or followers, but like they got a decent amount and, you know, people do care about their content. So I'm like, I kind of want to get in on that. So I just reached out to, you know, not the big people because they don't really write back, you know? So I'd always try them, but realistically I was just kind of reaching out to the more like mid level, um, YouTube, YouTubers and like, um, Instagrammers and curators all over Spotify and, I got to say like it really paid off because I'd say seven out of 10 would reply. And then out of those seven, like six would put you on their playlist or write about you or do something nice. because, okay. yeah. Cause it's coming from you directly, you know, and it's not like I have like a manager or like a label doing it. It maybe it seems too official. It's like literally just me being like, Hey, I know you like this band. Check out this new song. I have, you know, if you want to, talk about it or bring it up on your blog or, you know, whatever that would, I would really appreciate it, you know, and I'll share it all over my, so it's like, a, it's kind of a win-win because as I was getting more followers, it's, it's giving them some, um, some more followers too. So it, I think that's how I figured it out. It's like, you want to, you want it to be like an even sp- split, like we're both benefiting. And so when I think like a year ago, I started this idea, I was like, all right, this would be crazy, but I'm going to start reaching out to YouTube drummers and I'm going to be like, can you cover my song? And a lot of them Bro, said yes. That's, that's a good idea. So I was, <laughs> I, I had so many people in the first round when I released a song called Insanity <laughs> <laughs> last June. Uh, yeah, last June. And that's a, I mean, that song, I don't know if you guys have heard, but it's like the drums are very like Travis Barker. So when I was... I was reaching out to people who, you know, MGK was putting out so many songs and, and everyone wants to cover him when it comes to drum covers. Cause it's just like right. the it thing to do right now. So I was reaching out to freaking everybody and I'm <clears> like, <throat> Hey, you like MGK, you like Travis Barker, you might like this song of mine. And if they respond, I'm like, I'm going to send you the drumless track, you know, and the drum track on its own and you can fuck around with it. And 
put it up on your YouTube and, and you share it, I'll share it. And so I was meeting people from all over the world, a few people in like Italy and a few people in Germany and all these people are covering my song. I don't think we speak the same language, but they friggin' totally understood what I was saying. I think that was a cool way to promote music all over because, yeah, you know, you shoot too high. Like there's, there's some YouTubers have like hundred thousand. There was a slim chance I was going to get those. And then some that are like in the 5,000, 10,000 subscribers or even a thousand who cares. It's good. In no way can it be bad if like someone with like 200 subscribers posts a video with your song on it. And it's like some kid for the song I put out called She's a Dove. And he's like 10. And he's so good. And I'm like, that's awesome because, you know, who knows? Like people will watch his channel and then be like, oh, what is that song? It sounds familiar. But like, I don't think I know this band. And then they'll look it up on Spotify and there you go. Another, another fan. Yeah. The more content you have, the better. Yeah. That's great, man. That's holy shit. Yeah, a lot of great ideas. Were you taking notes, Jamie? I was. Yeah, I was typing away. That was that was amazing, dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's little things like that, and and then I I, I order all these friggin' stickers because I'm like I gotta thank these people, and so I just sent yeah. them all around the world, and I'm just like, thank you for putting up that video. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Some people who have like really really good production, like multiple cameras and like crystal clear video and the mixing is insane like they do have a rate and i'm like i'm definitely gonna you know pay you for all this time you put into it you know you gotta put some money in but i'm like it, yeah a little investment well investment you know and it's not like crazy and i mean i tried to do it with guitar but nobody would respond it was weird like drum <laughs> covers everyone responding and then i was like why would no one i'm not doing pop punk come on <laughs> listen we guitarists are a weird group of people yeah you know, check your emails because i was like I thought it was weird. Like literally no guitarist responded <laughs> and they would be like covering MGK or, Oh, come on. <laughs> and I was like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe my guitar parts are just like weird. I don't know. I started comparing my writing to like, I don't know, classic pop punk. And I'm like, mine's a little bit more. The way I record is like, I'm always doing like part per part. Right. So I don't even think about how I would play it live. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so then I'm like, well, if someone had to cover this, like how would they play this part and make it like sound good and, you know, not just right. quieter or, or too loud. I don't know. So may maybe that's why, but no, no one has responded and told me that. So <laughs> that's just like my guess. I don't know. I feel like that's something that people would jump on. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, the point is that like you want to help them too, right? So it's right. I'm gonna put their video on my Instagram. I'm gonna link their drum covers to like I have playlists on YouTube. So it's like everyone who's covered that song is on that playlist. So if you just want to watch all these kids from around the world covering one of my songs, like that would be where you would find it. But like it's so cool though because you'll see them covering massive songs, freaking like. Ed Sheeran and Harry Styles, and that's like last letters. I'm like, I don't think I really fit this list, but it, that's fuck cool. yeah, you're there though. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so so sick. Yeah, I, I had that girl. Um, oh shit, what's her name? She's a massive drummer on YouTube. That was that boosted my shit like crazy. What's her name? Chrissy. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. She's like this cute girl that like has this super colorful background i think she's like a, a dinosaur neon light behind her and she just like crushing it with youtube i think she's number one on like 
female drum covers. <laughs> but I think I have an idea of who you're talking about. And she's just like absurdly talented. Yeah. She's so good. And she, like whoever's doing her mixing is doing a great job. And, and it, um, but anyways, I got in touch with her management and that guy does so many people's like management and bookings, like oh, for man. tons of people on YouTube. Yeah. They're not cheap, but that's one way to get your song out there. That was actually the route that I was going to try and go with my next release was like more through the influencer kind of route because I started doing that at the tail end of my last release and it paid off. Awesome. But like other route can only get you so far. Yeah. Do you guys use um, Submit Hub at all? Yeah. Yeah. I do do too. I do too. I will say lately it's not really given me great results, but there's a couple of people I've met through submit hub so like i use like the hot or not feature on my songs Mm -hmm. and basically it's like five bucks for like a hundred ratings or something and so you kind of get this input from people around the world obviously they're not going to pick somebody that like listens to like jazz to listen to pop punk they actually do pick people that listen to pop punk and so you're getting like real feedback and it's kind of nice like lately it's been like a boost you know it's like it's nice to hear that people dig it i mean the song i put out with kellen quinn is going to attract all these people that love him and uh, sleeping with sirens and stuff like that. So that's cool on its own. So everyone was like, it's really weird to see Kellen Quinn, his name on like submit hub. And I'm like, well, the point is so that you hear it, you wouldn't have heard it any other way. So I use that more than I do like finding curators. Cause there's just a few on there that now I kind of know like where I can message them directly. And like, we have like, I don't need to like pay for the submission. And it's not even that it's just like, they genuinely like my music so they're just gonna put it on there and it's super nice you know some people you know want the money or or something and some people are like oh dude i'm really digging the new song like i put it on this playlist and you know i hope it helps you and i'm like thank you that's awesome that's what it's about right there right yeah sharing the love of music yeah yeah exactly And, and they totally get it they're like small artists like should be mixed in with all these bigger ones that are dropping all these singles and that's kind of how you I don't know. It helps the algorithm for sure. Yeah. Should we get into the first song? Sure. I mean, uh, in the intro, you know, you kind of knocked out all, I was going through some of our intro questions and you kind of knocked them all out there. So (laughs) I know I was like reading along and I was like, what can we put next? So yeah. Uh, what's the first song you want to play? Um, write me off. That's one with Kellen Quinn. Cool. Uh, Let me, I always do this. (laughs) I think about to play it. And I literally use Zoom all day, every day. And I always forget to share my screen and sound. He's the most right. organized person ever, but this is just the one thing that he can't figure out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Billy, give me your radio voice. To introduce the song. All right. Oh, man. I'm, I am totally. This is Write Me Off by Last Letters featuring Kellen Quinn. All right, that was horrible. Here we go.
You guys should do a project together. <laughs> yeah, that, that was it was just wow. I know. It it was just amazing. You guys played off each other so well. Thanks, man. I'm I'm glad you guys dug it. It was so cool to put that song together. I was like, I definitely I never really feature people because I just like I don't know what to do about that whole thing. Like who you know, I had a song I put out <clears throat> like a year ago or maybe almost two years ago now, and I got it was like COVID and I paid um, Aaron Gillespie to play on it. And I was like, you know, play drums. And I was like, that's fucking sick. Right, Cause he yeah. was doing this like open shop where you could like hit him up and he'll do it. And I was like, that's dope. I'm, I'm not going to be able to like get more people to feature like that. And then there's that whole, he's going to reach out to him and they'll, and they might do it. Yeah. So how did this whole thing with uh, Kellen Quinn come about? I shot him a message on Instagram with my band account and i was just like you know you're doing features would you be into this and yeah he emailed me back and he was like dope so sick yeah it's helped a little bit you know having a, a bigger name on a song obviously like that's yeah. i want to have uh there's a couple other people i definitely want to reach out to like nick from hit the lights is like somebody i've always wanted to work with and he's always just working on music so I, I did hit him up at one point and he, he said to be down. I just don't like have the song written, you know, like I want it to be hit the light style, right? you know, for him to fit in. So I want it to be like chunky. Let's go back to like that kind of pop punk. And, and I love writing that stuff. I really do. I just haven't done it in a while and like have, have him on it. I would definitely want it to be like that, like some breakdowns and, and, you know, 
super poppy. But yeah, that was really cool. I just loved the pace of it. I don't know. It was just hell yeah, yeah. Why do you guys dug it? Oh, I didn't know what people think of the the bridge because I, I rewrote that bridge like five times, and uh, originally <laughs> it was a breakdown. It was. It was like, but like all you know. All zeros, and I was like, "Oh, no, like this is what I wanted." It's like it would have been, it would have been like too predictable or something. I don't know why I didn't like it. Like I recorded, I was like, "This is like okay," and then I, I fucked around with it a lot, and I was like, "I really like having like a some sort of like bass riff going on the whole time and keep it a little more like funky and like totally not what you would expect at that point." Yeah. You know, I, I was happy with it. Kellen, he, he did way more than I asked him to do. I just had, I said like second verse, second half of the chorus. He did like freaking four par- harmonies on his parts and the whole bridge thing, he like ad-libbed and just wrote that to make it more interesting. It was going to be no vocals at all on the bridge. And then he did that and I was like, oh shit, this is so right. dope. Like, it's yeah, awesome. <laughs> But that's really cool seeing someone like that kind of like do their thing on something that you've kind of seen from the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Like you've struggled with on your own. You're like, I don't know what to do here. And then it's like, oh, this is what this other guy just had. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When did it, uh, when did that, uh, sorry, when did that come out? (laughs) That came out mid April. Yeah. So like almost two months ago, what I'll do is I'll announce a new song like exactly two weeks before, you know, I'll have all the, socials like ready to go like almost every day i'm kind of posting about it leading up to it you know try to get some pre-saves but like honestly i don't really think like pre-saves do much anymore right or ever and then a week before i'll start releasing some like samples of the song and build up some hype and stuff but mm-hmm. that two-week thing is like super important because i mean if you're like i don't know skrillex you can drop an album on the day like oh uh, yeah want, but and you don't need to hype anything but it's good to have that hype and it's good to um, uh, submit it to Spotify and hopefully I didn't get picked this time, but um, it, you know, it's always worth the show. Really? Yeah. No, dude, it's, it's hard. That shit's hard. I've only, I got picked once and I, I was so surprised. It was an acoustic version of actually the next song you do play. It, it was the acoustic version of that. And I'm just like, <laughs> they threw it into my, uh, the like punk unplugged, which I was super grateful for like hell yeah but um yeah i don't know how that ha- happened because i didn't even think that was like <laughs> yeah you wouldn't expect it with that one <laughs> yeah yeah i was like i kind of wish it was like the full version but whatever i'll still take it right. and it's awesome it can't hurt to you know submit you know and and it was cool like i don't you guys check your uh spotify for artists like yeah like you know like they have like all these things that are like oh you hit like 5,000 um, yeah. you know, plays for this song, like these little like things. And that was like, oh, you got picked up on Punk Unplugged. I was like, holy shit. Hell yeah. How was that song recorded? I, how did I start that song? I don't even know. Um, you know, I was, that song, I'm not saying I, I stole anything directly, but what inspired that song 100% was this band that you guys probably have never heard of because they were like, well, kind of, they were around around warp tour like 2009 this band called honor bright and they're from like jersey or new york or something and we went on a couple tours with them and i was re-listening to their music and there's this one song 
I was like, this song fucks, you know? And, and so I kind of took the idea, like the drum pattern was kind of like a dun, 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 dun. And I was like, that's cool. So like, sometimes that's how I'll start a song. It's like, it's straight up the drums at first. Like don't pick the key. Don't pick the relatively same tempo. So I was mapping out drums and got a good flow. Like obviously you have a formula for a song. So I, I did like the whole song and then I started with a bass and I was like, I'd never start with a bass. And I'm like, I just wanted to be like really simple. And, and so I tracked some bass and then I'd layered guitars on that. And the last thing I'll always do is like come up with the melody and come up with the words because it's not really there yet. You know, with the song, I want the song to sound really good instrumental version. So I did that. And then there's all like, there's a lot of effects going on in that song. I mean, I use splice, which is that website where you find like insane samples and you cut them up and you, yeah, you know, it kind of takes your music to the next level because it saves you a lot of time and you can tweak them so that they don't sound like anything you just downloaded. So it's like, I like to add those effects to, especially this song, not all my music, but like, I felt like there were a lot of like holes in the song and I was like, this would sound really cool there and, and fill it out that way. So I did all that. And then I tracked scratch vocals, sent it to Kellen. He did his, and then I redid mine and then it was pretty much good to go. I think it took about a month. So this one, you started entirely from just the drums. Yeah. Yeah. Billy and I actually did that with one of our songs that we did together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I, mean, I feel like, that's definitely how Travis Barker's doing it. I think so. You know, too. <laughs> so like, I'm not like the biggest MGK fan, but I will say Tickets to My Downfall has like some really cool drumming and beats and like there's no denying it too. It's like the drums are really good. So I feel like that's how they start. Like they're really good at like pacing the album too. That's a really cool way to start a song with drums. I also write, you know, with an acoustic guitar and start that way sometimes too. Yeah, that was definitely drums first. Oh, what's the song about? You know, uh, like most of my songs, they're about girls <laughs> and relationships mm. and, you know, um, breakups, all the fun things. Yeah. Um, you know, some are true and some are just totally not true. And it's like fun to see where it goes. My lyrics are never like crazy deep, kind of just things you've gone through or things you're seeing with other people, like your friends. I always tend to write more about that than I do like anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's just about relationships. They're hard to break off sometimes. This one, it's like, you can interpret it many different ways. Like basically you want the person to stay with you. Like if they're not going to continue putting in full efforts, like right. then, then drop it, you know, like cut it off. That's why like write me off is like, just, just be done with it. So yeah. Fun stuff, you know. <laughs> uh, definitely relatable, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> I figure most people can relate to those things. Yeah. So I'm going to veer a little off topic before we go to the next song, because this is my favorite part now of the show is when we talk about gear. And I got to ask you, what is your favorite piece of gear that you own? <sighs> Instrument-wise, too? Or just like... Instrument, amp, gear? anything that you just get really excited about. Yeah, man, I, my guitars, I, I freaking love all my guitar, guitars. I don't even have them here because like they're in storage in New York, but I do have enough to record. So I have one here that does all, everything I want it to do. I, I don't believe that like you need like a super nice guitar to make 
to make it sound great in a recording. Like Agreed. it's really about like, I mean, if your pickups don't work, then yeah, you're going to have an issue, but like fresh strings, so important. And, um, Jamie. with every new song, you know, I, I put some fresh strings on my bass and my, and my electric guitar. And I have this like super nice old strat that I have in storage. And I mean, I haven't recorded with that thing in forever, but I just miss that guitar. Um, I mean, for gear in general, I don't really have a lot because I don't play shows and I'm all about that digital amp lifestyle where you don't have to carry shit. <laughs> so yeah, I can completely relate to that. You know, it's like, I don't get me wrong. I love amps and I wish that even living down here, there's no place for me to like plug in and just play loud. Right. So it's like in my headphones, I can play any amp I want and yeah. So what's the next song that you want to talk about? And when did that come out? The next one is I Love You, Amy Smart came out (laughs) not this January, last January. So it's an older one. The reason why I sent it to you is because I'd say a lot of people that like my music really like this one. And you'll hear within the first five seconds that it's like the most Blink song that's not Blink. So I love that era of Blink, the golden age, teenage cringe you know movie era and so i wrote this song and i wanted it to sound very similar to that and also because i think the next group of songs i release when they're done are going to be more up this alley because i did like a poll on my instagram i'm like do we want more songs like this literally everyone said yes and i was like okay i'm gonna stop doing delay pedal and shit (laughs) i'll just like keep it really simple and like more Travis Barker style drums and like clean tones and like really classic pop punk tones and whiny vocals. So that I, I love this song. I still love the song and I don't know if you guys have heard it or anyone who's listening to the podcast, but hopefully they dig it. Uh, what's the song about and what is what's your favorite Amy Smart movie? <laughs> Just friends. First of all, that movie is okay. yeah. freaking hilarious. They were like high school sweethearts or something, but like Ryan Reynolds was fat. Yeah. <laughs> That's a and great so, movie. <laughs> yeah. And then he becomes this like record executive and he's like a hot shot and he goes back to his hometown and she's like working at the local bar, but then he's like, oh man, like she's cute or whatever. It's hilarious. I, I don't know. Like those, those movies were pretty freaking funny. That's a yeah. Funny movie. It's like, it's like a Christmas movie kind of. So like, around, it is. I'll throw it on. <laughs> um, it's like, I mean, the song is just kind of about, relationships where you know maybe someone's drinking a little too much and uh, you know that could either be me or the other person so it's like left up for you to interpret but yeah again another like falling apart relationship song but played in like major key and nice i like that maybe like on the the contrast you know like sadder lyrics happier instrumental i mean yeah man this one was fun to record and I think if, if you're going to write a, a Blink song, you got to definitely start in A. And I was just like, that classic, like, eh. like it's there were so many songs back in the day. Like, every time I listen to Mark, Tom, and Travis show, you just hear, like, A. You know, <laughs> their songs are in A. I was like, this sounds so good. When Tom sings on an A song, it's like... So how was it written and recorded? What was the process for this one? I think I had just heard the song. It was off Tickets to My Downfall something for aliens like concert for aliens you know that song yeah yeah but like i I did really dig it and i'm like i like i like the octave thing and i'm like wow this really is like a blink song with mgk singing it and so that was like if he can do it i'm gonna do it and yeah i i I don't write the lyrics or melody until after but like if you're writing such a pretty straightforward pop punk song like that overused chord progression but 
still, you can write any melody on top of it. So I wanted it to be really fast. Like the chorus, when it comes in, like speaking really fast and uh, the bridge is very similar to blink bridges where it's like you hold out that chord and then Travis is doing his thing on the drums, with the hi-hat. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm taking all the, the best parts of Blink. <laughs> see what happens. And I was like so nervous to release it because people are going to be like, yo, you are a fucking ripoff. And so what I did for advertising it, we had like my face come up and I had all these like reviews already. And it was like the biggest Blink ripoff, like the whiniest pop punk song. <laughs> I was like, if I'm gonna, I might as well call myself out, you know, so no one else is going to have to do that. I put on Submit Hub and like things like that and people never really said anything like that. So I thought that was kind of funny. They're like, uh, that's this sounds- submit hub, not to. <laughs> yeah. It's very odd. Cause usually they're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like not only did I not like this song, you're also a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, they, sometimes they really like dive deeper. Like there's like, they know what, like how sensitive you can be sometimes. They're like, who's this fucking guy? Like grow up. I'm like, thanks, dude. I always like take a screenshot though. And those are just so hilarious. I'm like, people <laughs> go out of their way to listen to your music and then they go out of their, their way to like talk shit about it. Yes. I'm, I'm like, cool. I mean, I did ask for this. Why don't I do this to myself? <laughs> yeah. And I love there's like a feature, like, like I said, hot or not, like whoever writes the feedback can be like, you can actually respond to them. Mm. If it's like really rude, I'm like, yo, really appreciate you checking this out. Like, (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much. Yeah. They're like, they give it like all zeros and I'm like, really appreciate taking the time to listen to it. See you at a show. I think before we jump into this next track though, uh, we got to ask, is there any crazy band stories from when you were playing in bands? We were like some of the most respectful kids in the scene. I would say like, we always showed up on time, right? Like we always loaded in on time. Like most bands don't, uh, you know, we, we would drive friggin' six hours to play a show to five kids. It was like ridiculous, but I will say like some of the craziest times, like I said, we did fall a warp tour just to promote our CD. We did the thing that like Mayday did, which was like, you, you sell your CD in line. We printed like 10,000 CDs and we would sell like a few hundred in line every day. And then we're like, wow, you can actually get a tent in, in, inside for like 300 bucks a day so then we get a tent and we'd sell way more inside and we just had like stupid statuses like do you like all-time low and so we did that and um we never played you know but it was all promotion totally helped but like super the kids i was in the band with they didn't like drink or do drugs or anything so like we were pretty like boring at that point (laughs) i always wanted to be like i was you know you don't have to drink and do drugs and have fun but like at the same time i was like fuck i'm like traveling the u.s like three times and i'm meeting all these awesome people like it would be more fun if i could have ever done it again i would have had uh way more fun yeah i would say uh dude getting to see a day to remember every single day and like devil was prada every day at warp tour was one of the highlights i would like always sneak out of the tent and go watch their set and like under oath I think it was 2009 and it was just like so fun to do that. And just to travel, we, we built bunk beds in this massive van we bought, you know, it was so fun. I, I like kind of wish I had done that more, you know, when I was younger, when I had no care in the world. Right. But overall, like we weren't party dudes. I kind of, you know, I wish I was, had been in a band where we were just like crazy you know, like I said, the goal, the goals, the other band I played in, like we would play college shows and we'd have a fucking blast. Like those are some of the best shows ever. Like you go and like play in front of like 200 people in a college, like people love that shit. Yeah. I miss 
days. Those are so fun. What's next for you? What do you got coming up? I think I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Like I put out like a song every few months. Um, this time around, I do want to put like at least three songs together. Keep them, you know, in the same theme. I'm really digging. Uh, do you guys have you guys listened to No Pressure? No. Mm-mm. You know that band? It's like um, Parker from the story. Oh, uh, no. The story so far. I love- you guys got to check yeah. it out for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, man you definitely don't want to miss the it's like he he put out an ep during COVID. it's like him and two buddies and the ep sounds amazing and it's nine minutes long it's like five songs it's great oh wow and then he just dropped an album last week awesome it's just like really fast it's like and then i've seen videos on youtube of them playing live and everyone's going nuts and i'm like this is fun like this is so i want to start putting out songs where I don't put too much thought into them. Like I don't want to spend like a month on a song anymore. I want to have them be kind of like that, like shorter songs on the same theme, you know, so that the song that we're about to hear is like maybe more like that. Um, and yeah, I don't have any release dates yet, but I am currently still working on it. And yeah, that's what's coming up. Just more music. I don't really have um, any shows to announce. Cause you know, solo artist problems, Caribbean man problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someday, though. Someday, maybe we'll play some shows. Where could people find you? Find me on Instagram. Um, Last Letters NY. You can also find me on Spotify. Just type in Last Letters. I'm the only one. I look like a nerd. And uh, check it out. I mean, I've been meeting so many bands through the internet the last year. Like like I said, like I've been curating playlists and I want all these yep. awesome new bands to be heard. So the least I can do is throw them on my playlist. They also, you know, can do the same for me. It's like, it's, it's the best way to do it. So I don't know. I think it's, there's no like competition anymore. Like who's trying to be like the best pop punk band. Like we already know who it is. So it's like, let's just like have fun and meet people. And like, if I was living in the States, I'd go to all these shows, like all these uh, younger bands are mm-hmm. doing, you know, and I'd love to catch up with them and, and put myself out there. You know, it, it's still fun. Like the genre is still there. And I think it's cool seeing all these new bands doing it. And some are really crushing it and like getting signed and making a good, a you know, big name, you know? So I, I respect that a lot. And I think, yeah, if, if you want to keep things good, just like help out all these smaller bands as much as you can. Like I, I appreciate it when someone gives me a shout out. I think everyone should be doing the same for all these other bands. Yeah, absolutely. Unless your band sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. If your band sucks, like just work on that first. <laughs> yeah, be good first and then work on the shout outs. <laughs> it all comes down to the music. The music's got to be bopping. You know, I get tons of submissions on daily playlists now. And God, some of them are so bad i'm oh, like yeah. how can you this was recorded through like a freaking cassette like what i'm like more of a production like i can tell right off the bat i'm like good production like right. or like so they at least spent some time with it and some i'm like you have to care a little bit right <laughs> you gotta care you gotta care <laughs> right so yeah all right billy you got anything no i think we pretty much covered everything cool so charles what, what's your social media handle again uh last letters ny Cool. And in your best or worst, whatever you want to do, uh, radio voice, uh, introduce your last song. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, 
This is this song is called "I Love You, Amy Smart" by Last Letters. What do you want? I just want to apologize. I'm sorry. I was out of line. Okay. You're an asshole. Describe that track perfectly. You totally <laughs> did, man. That was spot on. That was a great song, too. Yeah. Man. I love the, uh, like, what you said, just come right in with the A and you got you, you know, we're off, we're off with the Blink song. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great, man. Awesome song. Hell yeah. Thanks, guys. I feel like it could fit right in on like a 2004 playlist. No one wouldn't be able to tell that it didn't come from that era, you know? Right, it's right, right. right in. It's, that was the goal. <laughs> It, it was awesome. <laughs> cool, man. So you got anything else you want to say before we, uh, you know, what I, mean? I don't know. I mean, you, you guys are fun to chat with. Um, you guys ever want to talk, uh, music at any point, you know, you know, you know where to find me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyone who's a new listener or, you know, has been, uh, just this is the first time hearing of me. Check it out. I got more songs on Spotify. Um, some are like, 
write me off and some are like uh, i love you amy smart it's all over the place so uh yeah and, and stay tuned i got a lot more coming and i'm super excited to keep doing this sick man looking forward to it thanks for having me guys all right so that was our interview with charles from last letters a lot of gold nuggets in that one yeah seriously and i feel like it was he was the perfect artist for us to wrap up season one with oh yeah yeah that was great i mean great music great conversation some, some really good information in there too for anyone that that makes music in this one I, yeah yeah actually jamie's planning on cutting that part out and just saving it for us for sure so it's just gonna be like a five minute episode of it real quick <laughs> all right so billy that's it for season one man that's that is it. it for season one you know what we'll do we'll flee on season two. <laughs> oh god <laughs>